Welcome to another Poetry Corner. I am Dr. Timothy Bartell. Today, I want to continue talking about the contemporary formalist poet Jane Greer. Uh, We've talked about her on a previous episode. Uh, Jane Greer was influential, especially at the end of the 20th century in American poetry for leading what's called the New Formalist Movement. Um, Alongside uh, poets like Annie Finch, she was helpful in calling for a return to more traditional poetic forms away from free verse, uh, like writing sonnets, writing in meter, writing in rhyme. Um, And her new poem, uh, well, her new collection, The World As We Know It Is Falling Away, it just came out this month. And I want to share with you, uh, it's kind of a title poem. The name of the poem is Eschaton Song, but it has an epigraph, uh, which is 1 Corinthians 7.31. And in 1 Corinthians 7.31, Uh, we have the sentence, for this world in its current form is passing away. So uh, the world as we know it is falling away, uh, is is this reference to uh, 1 Corinthians. So I want to read you Eschaton's song, and then let's talk about it. The world as we know it is falling away. Shout the good news in the dark cafe, at the Little League game, at the shopping mall, in the barn, in the boardroom, at City Hall. The world is falling away. The loss is nothing at all. Give up the old striped cat on your bed, the blast of July on your bare head, the child's glare, the woods in September, the rage whose reason you can't remember. Leave those last words unsaid. Damp your flame to an ember. Relinquish your spotless homes and your debts, your chocolate, your wine, and your cigarettes, the nameless fears that siphon sleep, all things that seem as if they'll keep. This isn't as good as it gets, but the getting won't come cheap. Abandon despair, abandon delight, the high moon through the blinds at night, gin and tonics on the deck at four, the long kiss, the slammed door. Unlearn your appetite for this lovely tug-of-war. Let go of lust and pride and treasure, relentless longing, fleeting pleasure. Release the few things you do well. Meanwhile, death is going to hell. Death is going to hell to stay. The world is falling away. So I, I love this poem. Uh, it's a couple poems into her new collection. And um, the, the first few poems are fine. But when I got to this, I was like, ah, yeah, this is a good one. Um, so I want to talk through this poem. Uh, it's, it's an apocalyptic poem. Uh, eschaton, uh, eschaton, of course, is a, a Greek word meaning the end. Um, now, uh, the end is a curious uh, concept. Uh, is it the, the final step? Is it the goal? Um, eschaton uh, points us toward uh, the end, meaning uh, the final thing, as opposed to um, a goal or a purpose. This poem is shaped in an interesting way. And if you listen to this podcast much, you know that we're very interested in the shape of a poem, not just the meaning of it. So this poem is shaped in a series of quatrains alternating with couplets. So a quatrain would be a stanza of four lines, couplet stanza of two lines. So the first quatrain is the world as we know it is falling away. Shout the good news in the dark cafe at the Little League game at the shopping mall in the barn in the boardroom at City Hall. So you have these 
longer lines they're they're about pentameter the world as we know it is falling away that's actually 11 uh syllables but um uh, we we have an interesting rhythm. It's not it's not just iambic. Da 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 da. What we would call this is um, I am uh, an iambic uh, opening foot followed by several anapestic feet. Uh, an iamb is a da da or unstressed stress structure. An anapest is a unstressed unstressed stress. So da 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 da. Um, iamb followed by anapest. Um, and then the, the rhythm is loose in this poem. It's not all exact, but we have these really strong organizing principles of, uh, of end rhymes. So falling away in the dark cafe, we have that strong A, A rhyme in the first two lines and then a B, B rhyme at the shopping mall at city hall. Uh, so it's an A, A, B, B rhyme scheme in a quatrain. But then we have an, the next stanza is the world is falling away. The loss is nothing at all. Much shorter lines. And also they don't rhyme. Well, they don't rhyme with one another. If we look back up at the quatrain before, we see, oh, away is rhyming with the AA rhyme. The falling away, dark cafe, falling away. It's repeating away. So does, oh, does a word rhyme with itself? Uh, for, for the purposes of this poem, it's working that way. The loss is nothing at all. Of course, that all is rhyming with mall and hall. So we have an interesting A-A-B-B-A-B rhyme scheme if we take uh, if we take the rhyme scheme of the first two stanzas all together. And that continues throughout the poem. So give up the old striped cat on your bed, the blast of July on your bare head, the child's glare, the woods in September, the rage whose reason you can't remember. This is the third stanza, second quatrain. We have another uh, rhyming couplet followed by a rhyming couplet, followed by a two-line stanza, leave those last words unsaid, damp your flame to an ember, which once again, the first line is rhyming with those first two rhyming lines of that previous stanza and the next, respectively. So why spend so much time on, on how this is working? Well, one of the things that's happening because of this pattern is a rhythm is being created that's very strong and sort of gets us galloping forward in these quatrains. And then these, these couplets, which don't have, a, don't have a rhyme with one another but, but refer to the rhymes in the quatrain above, they slow us down a lot. So this is a poem of kind of uh, ramping up energy and then slowing down and meditating and ramping up and slowing down and meditating. And I love the rhythmic structure that's created in the poem. The energy is really interesting. Um, it's, a, it's a speed up, slow down. And of course, we end, if you were listening closely to the ending, we end with let go of lust and pride and treasure, relentless longing, fleeting pleasure. Okay, so we have a rhyming couplet. Release the few things you do well. Meanwhile, death is going to hell. Okay, a rhyming couplet. But then our last two-line stanza, we expect those two lines to not rhyme with each other, but they do. Death is going to hell to stay. The world is falling away. So we get the satisfaction finally of this two-line stanza rhyming when before it hadn't. Um, Also, the world is falling away is repeating both the line and the rhyme of the first line as well. So this is a very well-structured poem. Uh, the structure is um, a, little, a little fun to figure out. I always love tracking rhyme schemes and 
where you expect a rhyme and you don't get one is uh, is an enjoyable experience for me. It feels like a letdown at first. Um, if you have A, A, B, B, and then you expect C, C, but if, then if you get A, A, B, B, A, B, okay, that's surprising. Why is it doing that? It trips us up. It makes us stop. So what's this about? We've, we've hung out with the form a bit. What's it about? Well, uh, it's about the world ending, um, but not, not quite, right? We don't have cities falling and tidal waves. This is mostly about what the individual needs to relinquish, what the individual should give up. Uh, if we looked back at 1 Corinthians 7.31 um, really quickly, um, we have, um, we have uh, the, the second sentence in 1 Corinthians 7.31 is the world is passing away. But the first, the, the first sentence in it is something like this. Those who use the things of the world should not become wrapped up in them or not uh, make use of them or have dealings with them. So there's this, there's this uh, description of uh, those who are used to dealing in the world um, relinquishing that or um, stopping uh, being involved in the things of the world so much. And then the reason is given in the second sentence, um, the world as we know it is passing away. And so because the world is passing away, there's, there's this particular personal responsibility. So what is it that we need to give up according to this poem? <laughs> well, um, the world as we know it is falling away. Shout the good news in the dark cafe, at the Little League game, at the shopping mall, in the barn, in the boardroom at City Hall. We, we, we start with a, kind of like a, a dark comedy scene of someone at a cafe, a Little League game, a shopping mall, City Hall, standing up and yelling, the world as we know it is falling away, kind of becoming this apocalyptic preacher. Um, I love this um, because it's, it's the good news. What's the good news? The world is falling away. Uh, of course, irony is at play here. And yet, as we get to the end of the poem, we see that there, there's a good thing to the world passing away. But we're not there yet. So uh, the next few stanzas give us this list of things to give up. Give up the old striped cat on your bed, the blast of July, the child's glare, the woods in September, the rage, whose reason you can't remember. Uh, it's such a, such a satisfying uh, rhyme there uh, with the remember in September. Um, some of these things are good, are, are good things, right? Oh, uh, the striped cat on your bed. Oh, that's a good thing. It's sad that it's passing away. But some are not so great. Um, of course, we should give up the rage, especially if we can't remember the reason for it. Um, some of these things are... Um, are inevitable um, difficulties of living in this world, the blast of July on your bare head, the child's glare, um, whether or not we can, uh, we can control whether we're glared at, I guess, is an interesting question. But also beautiful things, the woods in September. We're, 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 giving, these, we're giving these up. Relinquish your spotless homes and your debts, your chocolate, your wine, and your cigarettes. This, this feels a little bit... Um, like it's listing things that are advertised to us. Um, so the spotless home, the chocolate wine cigarette. I, I, I picture like a, I don't know, Better Homes and Gardens magazine or something. All the stuff in that magazine, you're going to give that up. And yet there are things that aren't so good, right? Your debts, you get to give up those as well. In the next two lines, the nameless fears that siphon sleep. All things that seem as if they'll keep. Oh, that's it's such, a, such a wonderful 
set of lines. So nameless fears, just like rage, whose reason we can't remember. Yeah, those would be great to give up. Give up the things that seem as if they'll keep. All those things that like, yeah, well, that'll endure. No, you got to give up those too. Um, we're getting a little more extreme. Of course, we have to give up the cigarette. It doesn't burn for very long. Of course, we have to give up um, uh, uh the, the state of nature at a time of year. It, it's already passing away. But now the enduring things are starting to go. Abandon despair. Abandon delight. The high moon through the blinds at night. Uh, this is starting to get a little more abstract. Um, despair and delight. Um, those, are, those are experiences within us. Uh, those are being given up to. And, and this beautiful vision, the high moon through the blinds at night. I think of that uh, that uh, Sappho poem from you know, about 2,700 years ago, 2,600 years ago, about lying and looking at the moon at night. Um, yeah, give that up. Uh, but then we're, now we're back to a little bit of uh, uh, social niceties, gin and tonics on the deck at four, the long kiss, the slam door. Th- those two lines seem like they should be in a Raymond Chandler novel or something. Um, the long kiss, good. The slam door, not so good. Gin and tonics on the deck at four, a sort of... Um, cultural, social um, uh, nicety. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of gin and tonics on the deck at four, but if you are, you got to give them up. Unlearn your appetite for this lovely tug of war. Uh, Yeah, this is the second to last set of stanzas. And I think this very much is about appetites, Um, despair, delight, um, desire for drink, desire for kissing. Um, We're giving up all that too. Uh, it's not just giving up the consumeristy stuff of the better homes and gardens. We're giving up the things we long for, maybe even the things we often live for. Let go of lust and pride and treasure, relentless longing, fleeting pleasure. Um, some of this is sort of a, a restating before, um, but lust and pride, you know, classic um, seven deadly sins. Uh, but treasure, right, this is a very New Testament word. You know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Give it all up along with your sin, give up your treasure. Release the few things you do well. And this, this uh, especially alongside all things that seem as if they'll keep. There are some things that we know we need to give up and don't, of course. Uh, you know, maybe that, um, that chocolate wine and cigarettes, the things that are bad for us, uh, the, the, the um, little pleasant vices. We, oh, I know I should give it up. I shouldn't eat so much chocolate. And I'll give it up eventually. Um, but this, uh, the few things you do well, the things that seem as if they'll keep, the things that you that you often give up those other things for, Greer is saying, no, you got to give up even the good things. I think of Flannery O'Connor uh, in that vision at the end of her story, Revelation, sorry, I'll try not to spoil it too much, where um, uh, the main character sees that those who are passing into glory have even their virtues burned away. Uh, release the few things you do well. And then this just delightfully ambiguous uh, line. Uh, it's the third to last line of the poem. Meanwhile, death is going to hell. Um, when I first read this, I read this as very triumphal. Um, uh, this sort of like Christ is conquering death. And of course, there is a very um, like revelation Christological aspect to this poem. Um, death is going to hell. Um, if that's true, great. Death will die. But, but when I've read it subsequently, I've also thought, I think you could read this as, um, as sort of a description of what, it, what happens when someone dies. Death is 
precisely the process of going to hell. And so if you're giving things up, if everything's dying, everything is going to hell. I think you can read it in both ways. And yet we have then a a restatement of it that I think think maybe clarifies its meaning. Death is going to hell to stay. The world is falling away. Death is going to hell and it's going to stay there. Death itself is going away. Um, and so all of a sudden this, you know, we're giving up of our vices and our sins. And of course we must, and it's hard and we're humans and what can we say, but we even need to give up our virtues, the things we do well, the things that will last, but you know, what else is going away? Death. Death will die. Uh, it's uh, John Donne's great, uh, great poem. Death is going to hell to stay. The world is falling away. Um, this is triumphal. This is scary. This is sad. Uh, if you're on death's side, I guess you're also going to hell to stay. That's very uh, kind of fire and brimstone sounding. And yet, I think in the end, this is an incredibly hopeful poem. It's at least hopeful about everything. Uh, Chesterton has that great line that the Christian is skeptical about most individual things, but pretty optimistic about everything. Whereas the pagan, you know, they, they, they were optimistic about this thing here and that thing there. But overall, yes, the universe is headed toward chaos. But the Christian is the opposite. Um, this is a, an incredibly Christian poem, um, especially in its, uh, in its call to the ascetic life, in its call to get rid of the things uh, both that hold us back and the things that we hold on to because they think they're good in us. Greer, Greer is, a, is a harsh poet. Um, she's taken away all our stuff, uh, the bad and the good. She's taking away the world. Everything's dying, especially death. Hurrah, good news. Well, if, if Greer is right, it is good news. Um, I, I encourage you to pick up uh, Jane Greer's new collection, The World As We Know It Is Falling Away. It's available now. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, I, great poetry is being written today. And as you can tell, Greer is a poet who's both accessible in her language, but also uh, turning the common speech we have uh, to really beautiful, sometimes ironic, sometimes funny, often darkly funny purposes. This has been the Poetry Corner Podcast. I'm Dr. Timothy Bartell. Thanks for hanging out with us.